Welcome back to Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, and today we are reviewing the reboot of the DCU, not the DCEU anymore. No. The DCU, just months after Flash bombed in the box office, James Gunn is putting all his faith into a man with an iron suit, kind of like an iron suit, with thrusters in his hands and an AI creature thing that talks to him. Yes. Blue Beetle. 100%. Blue Beetle, the movie that uh, casual moviegoers probably don't know much about. Uh, a movie that comic book fans themselves might not seem to care about much. I don't know, Ty. I didn't know what to expect heading into this. Uh, the trailer looked fun. James Gunn hyped it up. He wasn't in the direct making of this film when it was first being made, but he was hyping it up. Got me excited. And I guess we'll just discuss whether or not it is a rightful reboot slash restart slash whatever they're calling it to the DCU, the DCU Snyder Cut. We'll see if we're headed in the right direction finally, mm -hmm. maybe, yeah. hopefully. All right, let's talk about it. Let's give it the show. 60% of the time, it works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on. Jaime Reyes finds a scarab from space and gets bestowed with the power of the Blue Beetle. He must then use his newfound powers to help defend his family and the people he cares about most. Which is also his family, so you kind of just repeated yourself. No, he's got he's got a little love interest. Cares about. Jenny Cord. Okay, that's fair. Blue so. Beetle tie. The knockoff of Iron Man slash Spider-Man. I know uh, way back in the day when you first brought this up to me, you brought up that Blue Beetle was their Spider-Man. Uh, he's a relatively new... I, I think I said it could be. He's a relatively new comic book character coming out in 2006 was his first appearance. Um, and, and you see the the similarities... I mean, he's a young kid from a, you know, area, trying to protect his area, protect his family. Yeah. Has a family member die. Spoiler alert. He does. Has some His father figure. Yeah. It, it just so happens to be his father in this, but. Who bestows wisdom upon him. He does. Does he? Yeah. Remember he said, like, something about his purpose be all in right? life. At least something about his purpose in life before that. Did he? Yeah. I just he remember was... he was like, everything's going to be all right. And then he dies of a heart attack. Well, yeah, that happens. Just lied to his daughter. Also, some Iron Man similarities, um, just with the, how the suit is yeah. and the filming of the suit and the action of the suit. But this is like if Iron Man and Thanos teamed up and Thanos gave him like a alien iron suit. I was iron thinking suit. it was like it's Iron Man and Venom because it's like a symbiote. Okay. Like they're, they're one, but it's like a nanotech suit where it's just like do whatever you want, really. Okay. There's like no limits. All right, fair enough. Uh, this movie, like I mentioned in the beginning, isn't doing very well in the box office. Uh, $49 million at the time of recording, which is opening weekend, which is going to be its biggest weekend, and then the few days fall out after that. A little bit of a silver lining. Now, $49 million, for those who don't know, is not good at all, especially for a superhero movie. It's terrible. Um, this movie didn't cost as much as some of these other superhero movies. It only cost $104 million. Plus, you know, pr um, promotion, 
and all that kind of shit. Probably yep. needs to make like 200 mil to break even. That I don't know if I've seen any Blue Beetle commercials, so I don't know how much of a marketing budget there actually was. Also fair. <laughs> um, in usual scenario, a film must generate double its production budget to achieve a break-even point, which means Blue Beetle would have to require global earnings of around $208 million to recover its cost and break-even. That's not going to happen. No, that's that's not going to happen at all. But I was expecting this to have like a $200 million budget like they normally do. So Yeah, I mean, they were at least smart to try and keep the... The cost down on this. How much of that budget went to George Lopez? 10 mil. 10%. Little I under 10%. Wrong. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I, it's not going to make money. And just to compare like what it's in the ballpark with um, in terms of opening weekends, let me sort this in terms of uh, the actual money. It's not even in the top. It's not even on this. It is so low, it's not even on this. I was going to For- say it's Magic Mike's Last Dance, $47 million, but domestically blue beetles only done 30 million that was domestic box office so it's bad it's really bad now it's so here's my thing with this (laughs) i'm I'm looking and i'm trying to think of like superhero movies that like i actually am invested in the character and i'm like oh that's a cool fucking character Mm because like regardless of my opinion on this movie boring character oh just like the Blue Beetle character, I, I think when a superhero, they're they're here, like their power is just whatever you want it to be. She's like, oh, he can fly, he's bulletproof, he can shoot energy, he can do whatever with the sword. That's not that fun to me. Okay, I think of like Black Adam. It's just it's just everything. Kind of boring. I liked Black Adam. Let's not forget. At one point, it was a top ten movie of the year last year. It was. That is true. Shazam. Same superpowers. It's just a ripoff. Mm-hmm. Wakanda forever. Like, he's got tech and stuff, which I guess is cool, but also just strong. Good at fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another one here? Reason? Like, Shang-Chi. What's the, what's the plane you're trying to land here? I just don't feel like there's that many interesting superheroes that, like, stand out. Mm. Like, I think this you're is just... out on superheroes. Well, I just think this is, like, a reskinned version of a million different heroes that we already have. Okay. Because I was trying to think, like, what's the one superhero that stands out to me as, like, Deadpool. That's, that's fucking cool. Deadpool's kind of cool. He's just, like, his swords wall. and shit. Breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Such a unique power set. Yeah. Can't fly, can't do anything. He fucking swings with webs and sticks to things. Hulk, pretty unique until they ruined it. I mean, he was also just strong, but he's, like, got that, like, different thing yeah, going he, for him. So mad. it's interesting. But he was a trailblazer. 100%. Very interesting. There's a lot of superheroes that do that now. Started with Hulk. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. And even, like, Iron Man. By the time we got to, like, Infinity War and shit, like, the nanotech suit's boring. I want an Iron Man who just, like, shoots labors and lasers and flies. Like, somewhat of a limit. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the superheroes, they've just, like, yeah, they can do everything. Too overpowered. Way too overpowered. Okay. Just, just I don't know, man. I think I like Batman because he's so underpowered. <laughs> just a dude with fucking... A lot of money. A lot of money. It's the most realistic superhero we have. 100%. Jeff Bezos, if he really set his mind to it. I think Zuckerberg's on the path. Zuckerberg? He's, he's already been, doing jiu-jitsu yeah, training. Yeah, he's been training. Stuff. He wants to be Batman. Is is Elon Musk going to be like his his arch nemesis? It's like a Lex Luthor what, type deal? Well, I was going to say, what Batman character would Elon Musk be? And I was instantly, my mind went to the Penguin. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of weird like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I just think that those heroes could exist for one. Yeah. And for two, like we I don't like know. Wonder Woman, she's really down to earth. She's grounded. <sighs> no, great actress plays terrible, her. so bad, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just feel like I like stop making Guardians of the Galaxy. Another great example. Whole bunch of really underpowered superheroes that come together to do really cool shit. You know who's an underpowered superhero? Who? Peacemaker. Peacemaker is. He's kind of just a badass. He's not even a, like a. Dis- I, don't, I don't even Pe- know if he has a superhero power. <laughs> he does. He's just got cool helmets. His superpower is making us laugh. Yeah. I want to go back and watch Peacemaker. I'm not going to rewatch the whole season, but I think I might go watch a Peacemaker Funny Moments compilation after this. It's a great show. I can't find the uh, box office numbers for the movies themselves because I'm dumb. I'm sure I could find it if I looked hard enough for like opening weekends. What I can tell you is this is the first time the domestic box office has been under $100 million total since May 12th to 14th when it was at $95 million, and that was also Guardian's second weekend. So it's we've been on a, we've been on a heater. It's been over a hundred million every every you know yeah. the last two months, crossing two hundred million some weekends. Like Little Mermaid, that was extended. Doesn't really count. Uh, Spider Man across the Spider Verse, yeah. crossed two hundred million. Barbenheimer just carrying that shit. Barbenheimer three hundred million. Uh, Barbie was the leading movie the last four weeks yeah. weekends at the box office. Oppenheimer highest grossing movie to ever not be number one at the box office. Really? Yeah. That's. I mean, it's it makes movie. sense when you think about it, but... Can we talk about Oppenheimer real quick in our Blue Beetle podcast? Absolutely. I Jay, you don't ever have to ask permission to talk about Oppenheimer. I've been on the Oppenheimer PR. They should hire me for PR because I've been telling everyone at work. It's been like a... I say at work. I work from home. But we have meetings, so I'll just say at work. Um, <laughs> it's like a fun... I don't know why I was envisioning you like at the fucking water cooler or something, too. I know you work from home. <laughs> It's been like this fun, stupid icebreaker question, Barbie or, not, or Oppenheimer, and everyone says Barbie. Some people are very anti-Barbie. I don't want to say who, but like it's like, whatever. You know, you yeah. don't like Barbie. It is what it is. But everyone's kind of like, Oppenheimer seems boring. Like it, it's not a, They're not against Oppenheimer the same way they're against Barbie. But a lot of people, no one ever picks Oppenheimer. And every, like, it's like a lot of people are like, it looks boring, blah, blah, blah. And I've just been pounding the table for it. I was telling all my coworkers they need to go see it, and they're like, we'll wait till it's streaming. I'm like, it's not the same. No. You're not going to like it. No, it's way better in theater. I was telling everyone how it's National Cinema Day this Sunday, and you can go to the Regal, IMAX, Oppenheimer, $4 a ticket. I want to go. I, Riley works all day that day, literally like her all-day shift. I think it's 11 to 7.30. I might go down to the Regal by myself. I don't know. Just fuck around, catch Oppenheimer. $4 to go see Oppenheimer in 70-millimeter IMAX? It's a lot cheaper than we paid to go see it. <laughs> $20 cheaper. Now, what would you say about Logan Paul walking out of Oppenheimer? Uh, I would say that uh, I just don't respect him. Okay. That's he's fair. a good wrestler. I'll t- tell, tell you that much. Wonderful wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a boxer now, too. But I don't think I'm going to be pounding the table for Blue Beetle the same way I'm pounding the table for Oppenheimer, Ty. I will tell you that much. Yeah. Before we jump into the scale, um, I should read off these little facts for the audience. Blue Beetle, 77%. Tomato yep. critic score. Yep. 91% audience. So getting well received. I that is so much higher than I expected it to be. I don't know how you're going to feel about this movie. I feel like we haven't had a lot of differences, like big differences. I mean, we had a somewhat big difference, Mission Impossible, but I still gave that. It was still within the lines for me. That's not a big difference. How much was it? What would you give it? 72. Oh, I gave it an 85. That is a pretty big difference. I feel like we could be 20 plus territory here. I don't know. Oh, I genuinely really? don't have a feel for how you felt about this movie. 
I don't think it's possible that we have a 20 point difference. Okay. I just, I don't think it's possible. Can guarantee it's within 15. Plot slash story tie. What I mean by that is whenever you give your score, I'm just going to copy it. <laughs> Look, man, it's a, if you've seen a superhero movie, you've seen this kind of story before. Unsuspecting normal kid stumbles across something that gives him superpowers and doesn't want the superpowers, is trying to get rid of them, finds a way to maybe get get rid of them. Um, but then what do you know? There's a bad that he has to fight. He has to protect his family, the ones he loves, as Tyler mentioned, using the superpower he didn't want. And then towards the end, he finds out how to use his power and harness it for the greater good. And he keeps it, and he becomes the Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen it before. There's a little bit extra, like, all the tropes are in here. The love interest is in here. The the bad guy who gets who's really generic and vanilla but also gets redeemed at the very very end cuz he's actually similar to the hero after all he's like the baby boss who just works for the actual villain mm-hmm. yeah um you know you got your comedic side relief with george lopez you you got all the tropes i will say there was a little bit of like uh i, I like the representation obviously this movie is a mostly latino cast if not all Lat- or no it's not all latino cuz uh, the a white lady who's the villain. Um, but it's a, a mostly Latino cast and it, it draws on those roots. You know, it's a family uh, in a community where there's the big company cord that's kind of taken over all the, the neighborhoods and everything. And um, is that considered segregation? Not segregation. What's the word? Gentrification. Is that considered gentrification? I don't know. Um, I don't really know what that word means, if I'm being honest. So, and it has some of that. No, I think gentrification's when like white people come in and take over something. A poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in. I think that's kind of what's happening in this because they're, like, building up all the buildings and everything. Yeah. It it has some of those roots, uh, those kind of through lines and with his kind of family narrative and whatnot. But I don't think it's anything deeper than surface level. I don't – if they were trying to go deeper with those story arcs and story notes, I don't think they necessarily achieved it, Um, although it was there a little bit. It's not a bad story because every comic book movie pretty much does it, but it's kind of like, how much longer are we going to do this? I gave this a the Sounds same like score as Flash, 9 out of 20. Okay. I'm a little bit lower on this score than I was on Flash for story. Okay. Caveat, I was higher on the Flash story than you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, It's very cookie cutter. We've seen this movie, again, it's... He's just a reskinned version of different fucking heroes. We've seen this movie in different ways time and time again. I will say I liked a little bit of twist that like he's, you know, quote unquote Blue Beetle, but there was a Blue Beetle before him. Mm-hmm. And that like he's like kind of carrying on that legacy type thing. Um, I liked how that was connected to the love interest. Also liked the uh, little, little bit of emotion with the, with the dad dying. I was going to hold off on that, but yeah, there was. So I like that plot point. I don't really know what was going on when he was in like the the in between worlds talking to his dead dad. Was he dying at that point? I think he was about to die and the power of love brought him back. Okay. It was like a you know, your life flashes before your eyes. Yeah. He said it's not not your time, Mijo. And here, yeah, it's it's whatever. Okay. You see your already dead dad who's just chilling in what seemed like purgatory. <laughs> yeah, he, he had not decided which way he was going yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very in between that's what it was purgatory got it he got to see his son finally and then he was ex- he accepted it and he went off to wherever he went off and 
his son went back to go kick ass. It's like a like you got to get like judged or whatever they say. So he had he had taken the like the number from the little thing at the counter. Mm-hmm. He was waiting for them to call his number to decide which way he went. Mm-hmm. He was just in the waiting room of death. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm I'm a few points higher though. I'm at a twelve. It's very cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, I do like some of the different plot points. I do like the the Latino Hispanic kind of way they did things, um, and, and how they used that in the movie and that kind of culture. But it's it's not groundbreaking. It's not doing anything we haven't seen a million times before. No. But I don't know. It works. It flows. It's a very quick movie. Mm. I pushed back a little bit there. It felt I mean, long. if there's any point to talk about it, it's right now while we're talking about the story. It felt a little long to me. I was, like, getting tired towards the end. Towards, like, at the big finale? The yes. Fight? I was, like, yawning, almost waiting for it to be over. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't, I think that's the three points of difference between us then because I, like, it was fine for me. I, I think, someone text me, sorry. I think that I'm getting a little sick of it. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> and I think it's superhero fatigue. I think it's movie fatigue. I love this podcast. I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm going to keep doing it because when you see a movie like Oppenheimer, movie it re sparks your love, huh? Yeah. Movie fatigue. I just think, look, the baseball season is 162 games. You get in the dog days of June, and I've heard minor league players like, I cannot wait for the offseason. And then the offseason comes, and you hate it. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget the days. Minor league players are saying that because that they're tired of eating like one single piece of ramen hey, for dinner. Nope, Dodgers, personal chefs. That's why all our prospects actually pan out. Got it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and the Angels call up guys at 19 because yeah. they're – their body mass is going down off of peanut yeah. butter and jelly sandwiches. So it's straight downhill as soon as they get drafted. True story. The Angels single A team was the only one. When I was there, that was still doing like, hey, here's a bunch of lunch meat and like a big sandwich roll. Or like they would get like one loaf of bread for the team. To <laughs> yeah, there was literally peanut butter jellies. They did a lot of the big like Stater Brother sandwiches, which I guess is like fine. Yeah. But then when the Dodgers, you go on the other other side and they have like grilled venison and venison. You know, yeah, I tried venison there. Wow. Yeah, and like rice and cauliflower and asparagus and all this stuff. Like, big difference. Anyways, you get in the dog days of the baseball season. You're like, man, every game kind of blends together, and sometimes it just feels repetitive. You know, um, when you're a player, I'm sure it feels that way. When you're like working it, if you're a broadcaster, if you're whatever with the team, it might feel that way. Being a broadcaster seems like it would fucking suck sometimes. I, I mean, I worked every home game of the Quake season, and a lot of those nights, it's like, ugh, like you kind of are just t- ticking down, wait, looking at the clock, looking at the innings and stuff. But then there's the moments where Diego Cartaya hits a walk-off grand slam, and your love for it, you're just remembered, you're reminded why you love it so much. Yeah. This and movie's I, more like a three-to-one win. This is a three-to-one win that still takes three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that long, but... Um, <laughs> In the pl- pitch clock era? It just feels like it's... I just feel like some of these movies blend together, and I just like am kind of like getting bled towards them. Like they're not necessarily horrible products, but it's just kind of like I know everything that's going to happen, and you're you're telling the exact same story, and you're repackaging it with slightly different elements, and that's that's it. And like, look, man, there's a writer strike going on right now. There is. Could we just trim some of the fat and then just pay the really good writers? <laughs> I'm just saying. 
that's your proposal if you're going to the the what is it the union and you're just like let us fire 15 percent of you the remaining 85 percent way more money there's uh, after a movie like this maybe <laughs> i mean i will say there there ain't much creativity in this plot no it's just, it's very ai could have ai easily could have taken the job of this writer yeah ai could never written like the dialogue because as we've seen it still can't really write like really good dialogue that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah but unless you, you're writing as someone <laughs> but you could give it like hey watch these 10 superhero movies or not watch but Using these 10 superhero movies, because you can get really creative with, like, ChatGPT and stuff. Using these 10 superhero movies as a baseline, write me a 90-minute comic book movie for the superhero Blue Beetle and touch on key storyline points. And then it could go through the whole thing. This is how it starts, and then this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen. And then you just take that, and then you add the substance, then you add the dialogue and everything. That's what this feels like. And, like, I don't want to use fucking AI for these things because I still think human creativity reigns supreme. Look at Christopher Nolan. But I just yeah. AI could have done this. Yeah, they really could have. Hey, you don't want AI to take your jobs? Stop producing like an AI. How about that? Shit. Be creative. Yes. I'm just uh, they're they're trudging along, Ty. They really are. Yeah. No, I, I I I kind of agree for the most part. I don't think it dragged for me, but it was very. I, we've seen this movie time and time again. We watch a lot of movies, so that probably plays into it. Yes, we do. Uh, At least one a week. You're not wrong. Unless you're last week. Unless you're watching one just recreationally, too. Yeah. If we just watch a movie to watch a movie? That's always weird to me. It's like always a little treat for me. A recreational movie. Yeah. Like not having to think about (laughs) shit. (laughs) Like how good of a performance is this actor giving? But the recreational movies, they're always good movies. I'm never going to recreation. I'm never going to watch a bad movie recreationally. That's tough. That's a tough <laughs> word for you to get through. <laughs> Let's talk about key elements, Jay. Yeah, that's how you dive into it. It's it's a superhero movie. It's a superhero origin story. Yeah. With that being said, very funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this this was the enjoyment and and the comedy, I should say, rather than enjoyment, because that's a different category. So fucking carried by George Lopez. Oh, a hundred percent. Did you expect anything else? And. Look, going into it, I was really hoping they weren't going to try and, like, make George Lopez be, like, the serious guy and, like, the the father figure mentor that dies. Yeah. I didn't want that from George Lopez. I wanted him to be the funny uncle. Yeah. And God damn it, if we didn't get a wonderful George Lopez driving a Tacoma <laughs> that he calls a taco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, they, it was a high volume shooting effort by George Lopez, too. Yeah, but he was hitting at, like, a pretty good I don't know, clip. I don't a know what a good, good clip. clip is for the NBA, but, like, it was a good clip. He, it was, and there was like some adult jokes in there. Absolutely, um, lots of penis jokes, references to his exposed genitalia. To his blue beetle. Oh, mm-hmm. they didn't use that one. That's probably going to be in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, no, George Lopez carried this, and uh, the emotion. It it kind of did get to me. I don't know why. <laughs> as much as I was like kind of just shitting on the plot slash story. Yeah, the whole family elements. I mean, I'm a sucker for like a dad child just storyline and there was multiple points throughout this film where like i was on the verge of crying and i kept asking riley if she was crying to kind of try to deflect mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's you were like you had like a tear falling from your face like, are you crying right now <laughs> how embarrassing <laughs> nothing ever fell but there was very similar uh family tropes in this movie to riley's family and i was kind of thinking that the whole way so it almost made it feel just a little bit more personable not that i was 
thinking about like Riley's dad, you know, dying from a heart attack. But I was like having that reference point, I felt like made me connect with the characters a little bit more. Yeah, um, that's fair. Because she has the funny uncle. She has the freaking grandma who's a saint, but then we'll do funny stuff here and there and probably lead a revolution if we ever got to <laughs> that point. Yeah. Um, the dad wasn't really like, you know, Riley doesn't come from like, you know, immigrants or anything like that. So it wasn't like that, but it was mostly the funny uncle and the like the family structure more yeah. so. And so that the motion hit the the humor hit tie. I want to know what your final score is because my final score was hard to weigh. What do you think of like the comic booky superhero elements of this? I thought it was fine. I, I that isn't what stood out for me on this. Like that was very middle of the road. I think the fight scenes were fine. I, I there wasn't any like oh cool fucking action scenes or anything like that. Like there wasn't any that I was like yawning at. I'll say, but like, I think I they yawned. were, did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit higher on the key elements just because I think that emotion and that comedy does work so well. If it did really good action and comic booky stuff, it could have been like an actual top tier score. Um, but I'm, I'm at a 15. I think the comedy really works for me throughout this movie. I think this is a family oriented superhero movie. And I think that it works in that, degree okay it's funny i laughed throughout i got a little emotional you feel the connection between the main character and his his dad and his mom and his sister and and the uncle and it, it, that all works for me so it's not like a top tier score but yeah it was good it was funny i i see i agree with you with the humor i agree with the emotion i didn't really like the superhero parts of this movie. And I don't know if it's superhero burnout. Am I not a superhero fan anymore? Like you grow up your whole life and you're like, I'm always going to play video games and we still play a little bit. But Mm -hmm. then when you become an adult, you realize like, okay, like even if I could, the idea of playing six hours of video games a day just doesn't seem fun anymore. (laughs) No, God, um, whole day's gone. Yeah. So like, am I at that point with superheroes? Have I outgrown superheroes? Maybe it'll be like wrestling. Maybe I outgrew it. Superheroes are lame. That's all fake anyways. And then I'll come back to it. Maybe maybe something will bring me back. But I didn't really love the action in this. Like, it wasn't that it was, like, bad. I wasn't sitting there like, oh, my God, like, what is this? I mean, there were some things that I said with that. We'll get into that in the next category. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just so, like, like you could have just taken, like, again, you could have had been, like, AI, watch an Iron Man fight sequence and then just, you know, design it for this. It's like, I feel like we've seen all these moves done before. There was nothing creative, nothing unique about it. And I don't really like the Iron Man Blue Beetle style of fighting. I don't know. It's just like the, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really love it, you know. There was like a very brief kind of cool moment at the end when he, you know, he gets the big sword and everything. But it was a lot of just like, I'm going to beat you up really bad and have you on the brink of death. And then you're going to beat me up really bad and have me on the brink of death. Like, and it was just generic, and I didn't love it, you know. So, But I did really like the comedy and the emotion hit. So I still gave it a 12. Okay. Because it, there obviously was superhero. I, I figure, like, if I'm splitting this in half, I'm going, like, comedy emotion. It's, like, an 8 out of 10. And then superhero, I'm giving, like, a 4 out of 10. Or maybe 9 and 3. Something along those lines. I think I split it into threes. Okay. And maybe gave, like, I'm just fucking around. I don't, I don't know. Like, this movie. just felt right. The best parts of this movie are like the not superhero parts, and it's a oh, superhero million movie. Percent. Yeah, a million. That's percent. kind of a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and and like looking back, I can't 
like we have across the spider verse which is really really fucking good Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, it is a superhero movie, but I almost, like, categorize it separately because so much of that is outside of the superhero shit that works. Yeah. Um, You look at The Flash. We didn't like it. You go back to... Well, Guardians. Guardians. But how much of that was the superhero shit? How much of that was, like, the emotional stuff with Rocket and the family-oriented thing and... But that hallway fight scene. So fucking good. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if you're going to be doing these, you can't just do cookie cutter shit. Yeah. 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 Do something that stands out. Yeah. And I think even where this is very similar to like an Iron Man style fighting without like the swords and shit, but you know, mm-hmm. the first Iron Man does such a good job of just like, it does like montages of the dumb shit. Yeah. Or you get really badass scenes of him, like getting out of the cave and cool music and shit and like stuff that still to this day stands out 30, 40 fucking movies later. Mm-hmm. projects later in this universe like do something that stands out and grabs my attention otherwise i'm not gonna care or almost go the other way and i i liked black adam maybe more than i should have but the black adam action was a little bit over the top now they still did creative stuff with like the one guy who could like shift the the reality you know the one dr fate dr strange wannabe mr fate is yeah. dr fate are it they was, both doctors probably mr fate i don't know you I, i'm not sure um Dr. Fate, both doctors, PhDs. <laughs> they, there was a little bit more creativity there, but there was also like a lot of just like almost over the top, turn your brain off action in Black Adam, where this didn't even have that. It was just like a weird middle ground that I wasn't in love with. I don't know. Yeah, I don't disagree. I was, I'm sorry, I was confirming that Dr. Fate had a PhD. Does he? Yeah, he does. Good for him. I didn't want to. That's a hard. That's a hard title, and I didn't want to just hand that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of agree. Like, if you're gonna go just super comic book action, just fucking fully commit to it. Yeah. But you can't half commit. Yeah. Either like do something unique and creative and awesomely shot, or just be over the top fucking cheesy. As much as we were disappointed by the movie, which comparatively still has a pretty good score, and when I think about this movie compared to what we're reviewing today. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like, we liked that movie. It was, it had, like, the horror elements, which we enjoyed. Um, we didn't like how it ended. We didn't like the utilization with Wanda Max Mob. I think I could speak for both, both of us there. But that still got an 82. And compared yeah. to Blue Beetle, that movie still feels like it's way better. It's a disappointment in hindsight, like, in what we thought of the expectations. But you think of that scene when she goes to the one universe and she kills the entire Illuminati. Badass scene. Super fucking cool. I know it pissed a lot of, like, traditional comic book fans off. Fuck them. The whole point was to make her seem like she's a literal world killer, and then you have her commit suicide later in the movie. Allegedly. Yeah, she might still be alive. Might have Jeffrey Epstein that. That pissed me off. That she's still alive? Could we have just... That she's... No, if she actually... Like, that's how it ended. Yeah. Like, she should be the big bad. You know, obviously, Jonathan Majors has the other stuff going on outside of the movie industry. I think they're still rocking, though. I think they're going to just continue on. Settled and civil. Even before that, as good as Jonathan Majors is as an actor, I would have loved wanted to be like the Loki of this phase. Have her be the big bad of the first Avengers movie and then maybe somehow lead into Jonathan Majors a little bit more rather than getting giving us three Jonathan Majors movies and, well, three Jonathan Majors Avengers movies and then however many movies he ends up being in. Yeah, it's going to be all in season two of Loki. Yeah, the fact that they they announced the release of that, it's what, in like October? It's coming up. It's coming up soon, yeah. The fact that they announced the release of that, they didn't push it back. They're promoting it. It's on a, the freaking McDonald's bags. Like, 
I think they're going to, yeah, they're rolling along with Mr. Majors. Um, and if not, October 6th, John Boyega, you busy? Oh, you just slot him in. I think he's a great actor. I think he's really got bad ties with Disney. I don't think they like each other. He shit all yeah. over those Star Wars movies. Yeah. Really bad. And rightfully so. I like the idea of making the bad from Guardians of the Galaxy just a variant of Kang and then um, having that actor like continue to play him. Oh, fucking Chadwick Uwoju? He's a very good actor. He was great in Guardians. Wonderful actor. And he was great in Peacemaker. Yeah. So, I don't know. We don't know what we're doing. Jonathan Majors. Visual cinematography. Back to Blue Beetle. There's some really bad CGI in this. It looks so bad. Some scenes where I audibly said something and you laughed you laughed at me audibly gasping yeah. the scene where they go into the building the first time and they show like the <laughs> roof of the building so bad it looks it genuinely looks like something out of like 1989 now i don't want to give it like a fucking two because of this one one second scene that didn't matter like them panning up at the building doesn't matter it's such a quick moment most people probably miss it so i'm not going to give it a one for the entire that. time he's in that city though yeah like outside but, the building it looked fucking terrible yeah it looked the cgi wasn't good the the set design was weird felt a little dark i don't know if that was a civic plaza thing or a a movie thing i feel like when you have bad cgi you make fight scenes happen at nighttime and i felt like everything happened in this movie at nighttime i don't know if that's like an accurate assumption. yeah no, the first fight with the big bad, nighttime. When the family's house gets invaded, nighttime. Final fight, nighttime. I don't think there's a single daytime fight in this movie. There's, yeah. I I don't know, man. The, yeah, the CGI wasn't the best, and there was nothing creatively done about this. I did like the soundtrack. Soundtrack was good. I've seen worse CGI. I gave it a 6 out of 20, and I will stick with that 6. Okay. I... I like the costume design. Costume design's good. I think it was a lot more practical than most suits nowadays. Better than the uh, Wakanda Forever suit of uh, Ironheart? Oh, fuck that <laughs> suit. <It> looks like <laughs> dog shit, dude. 25 fucking years. Not 20. How many years since 2008 is it? 15 years. <laughs> How many years? You got a fucking suit of armor that looked that much better that many years ago. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Um, suit looked good. It very much feels like it was, they kept the budget down by shooting it on a back lot because that house, like we never expand out of that area except for just that one fucking corner that the house lives on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Warner brothers studios, baby. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then they go into the city and it's like the big giant building looks like shit. Just atrocious outside, inside that building. And then we get fight scenes at night. They drive around the city a little bit at night. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have been a lot worse. hundred percent could have, but the points where it was like, this is going to be very CG heavily, a heavily CG fight or, you know, scene or whatever mm-hmm. does not work. Looks terrible. I'm also at a six. Um, since we're talking about the city, it also came to my attention while watching this, that I'm pretty sure the population of the United States in the DC universe is probably around like. 10 billion why is that every single superhero has their own metropolis gigantic city that they everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's like a lot of metropolises in America. Yeah, but... L.A.? All of these, Chicago. every single superhero has a city bigger than New York that they protect. Metropolis is New York. New York. 100%. What's Gotham? Gotham. I'd say Chicago. Oh, okay. That's a fair comp. Okay. I would Real say. Real crime riddled. This city is supposed heard. to be like a border city, I think, because like the Hispanic. It looked like San Miami. Diego. Miami. I was going to say Miami. Okay. It lo- there was a scene specifically where it, it looked like an exact bridge that me and Riley drove on, and I looked up the filming locations. They did not film in Miami. I, I leaned over to Riley. I was like, we've been there. Like, okay. I swear this is Miami. What else is there? Flash? I don't know. Flash? What... I don't know what his city's called. Teen Titans are on like a San Francisco. I don't know. <laughs> it's just all of their cities are fucking massive, and every superhero has its own individual city to protect. Maybe it's like, uh, I like don't... a video game. There's just nothing in between. It's just like the crew. It's just the big cities. Oh, Nothing in between, even though the That's crew actually had a really good map. Good map design. Yeah. Great map design for the time, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's weird to me. I don't know if I like it more or less than the Avengers, though. Because anytime you watch an Avenger movie and you know all of them are in New York mm-hmm. and only one shows up to stop something, it's like, what the fuck's everyone else doing? Yeah. Whereas this, like, something bad's happening in the city. You're the only one in this city. Yeah. Speaking of that, the whole every superhero has his own city protect... Is this the the reboot of the DCU? Because they they hyped it up. This is the movie that's restarting it. Flash is restarting it, and then this is the movie that kickstarts it. Like, did they establish that anything was different in this? So he said something about Superman. Yeah, he wore a Gotham Gotham Law or University. Something. Yeah, shirt. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They also said Batman was a socialist. No, uh, something. Don't remember the word he used. George Lopez said it, it was a funny moment. Fascist. Fascist. Batman's a fascist. Couldn't be talking about Batfleck. <laughs> you think that's Clooney? Yeah, that's Clooney who's a fascist, for Only sure. Only someone with a bat card could be a fascist? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to be a fascist, you got to at least have a, a credit line established. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see moving forward. Um, I feel like the, their way of resetting it was just lightly referencing everything, but not directly referencing anything. So they'll say it's reset, and then they'll do this new superhero movie, and then in 10 years when they need a box office thing, they'll be like, Henry Cavill is back. Batfleck, whatever. Like, I don't know. If you're not going to do, like, Batman, like, if Batfleck is done, kill Batman. How about that? Kill Batman in the DCU, and then do your side Batman movies with Robert Pattinson. You could still milk the IP. Do what they did with Iron Man. Write off these characters. Don't just leave it vague. That's the most annoying shit about this. It's how vague they leave it. And it's like, oh, we're going to restart? I don't know. They've wanted to restart five times. And there's the joke in Flash about, it was the end credit scene that we didn't watch, or I didn't watch, about how every Aquaman looks like Jason Momoa, but all, you know, all the other characters look different. It's like, that was them supposed to be like, oh, this is a new universe now. This is why it's still Jason Momoa. It's just... I, I think know. I think their problem is going to lie in the next movie that's coming out, Aquaman. Yeah. Two. But that's the joke is different universe, but this is still Jason Momoa. Yes. But, but then that makes the whole past story irrelevant. Exactly. They're <laughs> continuing the storyline from that other universe. And the villain is the villain that was set up in that other universe. So like what what are we doing? Joker, unrelated. 
Superman Legacy. The first one, Gunn is like completely in. He's writing this. Superman Legacy, yeah. yeah he I don't is, know if he's, he's directing. I know writing, he's writing. Yeah, it. he's writing and directing, I believe. It'll probably be good. The Batman Part 2 after that. Not related. Supergirl, maybe. The Brave and the Bold, which has the same director from The Flash. Yay. So excited for that. I just, I've I, never been more excited in my life. I just don't know, man. Can I give you some props on something before we move on? Please do. You were talking about Davy Jones' CGI last podcast. Uh-huh. I literally saw a tweet that said, how was this made in 2006? And it was a picture of Davy Jones like two days ago. Yeah. Did you see this on Twitter beforehand? Not at all. So you just put it out in the universe and then someone tweeted it and went viral. I think you brought up pirates. I didn't even bring up pirates. But you brought up how good that CGI looked. And then someone just so happened to tweet about it two days after that. And maybe, it went viral. Maybe I have a burner. It goes, I don't. I, don't I just, that's crazy. It's that, it's that phenomenon. It's the GTA effect. You see one car and then that's all the cars that are around you. You learn something new and then you're like, you notice it all the time or. Yeah. Crazy. Characters tie. I came into this podcast wanting to uh, bash two characters and I'm only going to bash one. Oh, two characters. I'm only going to bash one because the other one was the love interest in this who the dialogue execution in this was bad by her. Was very bad. Took me out of it. Was very much reading lines. Found out after the fact by my beautiful fiance that this is one of, if not her first, and I'm speaking out of turn here. I didn't research this myself. Why would I? Uh, English speaking roles. Now she's an actress, but her- counterpoint, she starred in the TV series America. I'm just not going to hold it against her that much. Look, she's learning. Representation matters. And I'm not going to hold it against her. How about that? I'm not going to say she she was good. I'm not going to give her plus points. I'm not going to hold it against her. What I will hold against this is the bad, the villain in this character, the evil girl, woman. Mm. Yeah. The doored, the main doored. Yeah, because the other one was. Both the doors were bad in this. Cord. Cord. Both the cords were bad in this. But the, the main bad. The, the aunt. What the fuck's her name? Susan Sar- Sarandon. Sarandon. I know her from something, dude. And I was like vaguely going through her thing. And I don't know what I know her from. Horrible. Terrible. Worst performance I've ever seen in my life. How about that? Holy it's not that bad. Shit. But she was so bad in this. The line delivery. Horrible. Unbelievable acting. Like it was like she couldn't figure out if she wanted to be like the over the top bad like, wow, she's really ruthless and has no heart. Or she still wanted to be, like, a little bit relatable but, like, didn't want to commit to it. I don't know what she was going for. I don't know how a lot of her scenes ended up making it from the cutting floor. I don't know how whoever directed this was like, yeah, that was a good performance. That was a good take, guys. Let's move on. Was this Clint Eastwood? Was this a one-take kind of movie? (laughs) She was so bad. The lead was fine. I didn't have a problem with him. I wouldn't say I liked him. The family was fine. I did like Nana. The sister was annoying. I didn't like her. She was like, I laughed at some of her lines, like, unironically. Luckily, we didn't get much of her, but the beginning of this movie, we got a lot of her. Yeah. The sister. And then it, you don't get much of her after that. I'm glad because whoever wrote the lines for this character was like a 52-year-old male who's single and doesn't know anything about young culture and is like, let me write dialogue for what I think a 19-year-old Hispanic woman would say because it was like the worst. There was one line, and I don't remember what it was, but she said something while they were like cleaning under that table 
when they're yeah. like first doing something and it's like, Ugh. it's like if you tell chat GPT to just be cringe and they're yeah. saying like, yeah, no cap. hundred. Maybe it was like, no cap or something like that. It was it very much could have been. It was like emoji movie level dialogue. I feel like, like you're just trying to be relatable and it's just like not there. And I don't even blame the actress. She had to say the lines that were given to her, but whoever wrote those lines, goodness gracious, terrible. Um, George Lopez was very good in this. I gave it a nine out of 20. (laughs) So I didn't hate as many characters as you in this. Okay. I think the love interest, her, her line delivery was not great. And I, I, I don't know. It just felt, you could tell something was off watching it. Mm -hmm. She, I don't know. Whatever. Villain was awful. Yes. Fucking terrible. Like, she wanted to be, like, this, you know, maniacal, look how fucking evil I am kind of character, but then just, like, wasn't, and so we're just left with this dog shit performance. Reminded me of the bad from The Adam Project. Was it The Adam Project, the really bad de-aging? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. That was Terrible. The, the character type that it reminded me of. Worst de-aging I've ever fucking seen. Um, I didn't have a problem with the sister. She had one or two lines where it was like, okay, but I think her performance overall, she felt like a little sister. Yeah. Which I didn't hate. I do like the lead. Um, Zolo Maraduana. I think I nailed that. Um, He's in the really shitty Netflix Karate Kid series, Cobra Kai. Really shitty? I feel like people really like that. It's so. 94%. Look, (laughs) I've watched all of it. Okay. It's bad, but it's like uh. It's fine. Why does it have a 94% then? Because it's it's like corny and terrible, but like an enjoyable, what is it, it's like a fucking fast food kind of thing. Like, okay. you know, it's bad, but it's good. Okay. Guilty pleasure. Gu- yeah. That fucking, I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. It's a guilty pleasure. Good. So most people enjoy it, especially if you like the older shit. I liked him in this. It worked. Um, George Lopez fucking fantastic stood <laughs> out above the rest. Wonderful performance. I just, I don't, I don't know. I didn't hate it as much as. I feel like I could have, especially with it being a slightly younger cast, but I feel like they just were like, yeah, they're younger, but also like not that much younger so mm-hmm. we can get good performances out of them. I'm I'm at a 13. I'm higher than you. I think the love interest could be better moving forward. I think the villain was not good at all, and she's what really weighs this down. I liked his, his performance as, as Blue Beetle. I feel like that worked. I like George Lopez as the comedic thing i like the sister i like the the mom and the the nana and Mm -hmm. they're fine to me we need my number one takeaway from the characters category with this movie is we need more george lopez ty he's 62 years old really and we don't get him as much as we should when do you think was the last time he was in a movie a non-voice okay first when do you think was the last time he was in a movie that did more than $10 million in the box office so he wasn't just in this super small project? I'll tell you, it was a voice role. He wasn't even on screen. Cats and Dogs 3, Pause Unite. Grouchy from the Smurfs 2 in I 2013. I was on his IMDb. I was trying to look for the answer. The last time he was not voice acting was a character in a film that did more than $10 million was Valentine's Day in 2010, 13 years ago. That's kind of fucking wild. And you look at his his uh, 
Filmography, his like IMDb. He was in Rio 2 in 2014. Okay, but voice. Yeah. And that doesn't have a box office. I think it was straight to streaming. I don't know. <laughs> um, He just, we, George Lopez is one of those actors there's, that you have him where you're like, that's an A-list actor. They have such a track record. Like, you don't think George Lopez has like freaking, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's filmography, but you're like, he has a good filmography. And then you look and you're like, oh my God, like George Lopez actually doesn't have as much as we thought. He just had a really popular TV show when we were kids. I think he's very, very, very similar to Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, I would argue Seinfeld a lot more popular than both people made shows about with their with their name as the title. I would argue the, the Seinfeld show, infinitely more popular than the George Lopez show. 100%. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld doesn't star in shit, though, and is also like just super famous, and he's just known from his show and stand-up comedy. But I feel like people kind of know that about Seinfeld. I feel like... And it might just be a generational thing with our generation. I feel like George Lopez is in more movies than he really is. You know who I need him to be? He's, actually, he's not old enough. I was going to say, uh, he could be his older brother. I want to see him and Dave Bautista together as family members. Oh, yeah. His older brother. I was going to say his dad, but he's not old enough to be his dad. I could see that. Have him be his older brother. Just let him riff, baby. That could work. I, I just, think... I think he he very well could star in a lot more comedy movies and just fucking kill it, bouncing off of different comedic actors and shit. I think he just lugs his life. I can't blame him. He makes his sitcom. He has that Lopez versus Lopez show. I don't know if they're still making it, but he's got his sitcoms that he'll make every here and there. He's got millions, and he just... The residuals from his show had to have been out the fucking door. Yeah. That shit was just every single night for a decade after it came out. Well, he wasn't just the starring actor either. It was literally his name, and I'm sure he had a lot of, you know, stake and creative control and all that, so. Yeah, 100%. And it was on freaking Nick at Night every single night. 120 episodes. That's why Seinfeld doesn't do anything. It's not on Nick at Night at night. I don't know. I don't think they still have that. Why doesn't Seinfeld? What did you say? That's why Seinfeld. Because he just makes residuals on Seinfeld. Oh yeah. Well, he did uh, comedians in cars with coffee. Mm. Do some shit like that. Syndication has earned Lopez <laughs> an estimated twenty million dollars. No. He earns an additional eight point five million a year performing standout to sold out crowds. I was actually thinking about this. I want to go to a stand up comedy like comedy show. I've never been to one. Oh, they're a blast. Maybe I'll go see George Lopez. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's uh. Maybe that's what it is. What is I mean, now that you know how much he makes off of A, B, C, and D, what do you think George Lopez's net worth is? $80 million. 45 That has to be the, the lowest, like, household name to net worth ratio of all time. But how big of a household name is George Lopez? I think everyone I knows think who George Lopez I think it's just our generation, because Nick at Night. No fucking way, dude. Obviously, our parents know who George Lopez is, but, like... That's two whole generations, then. That's, like, most of... Usually, they only got, like, three generations alive at Destiny one given time. Destiny knows who George Lopez is? A hundred percent. We gotta ask her in person, because she'll look it up, because I, I know she will. I can call her right now. No, it's okay. We can do it after I'm so confident in that, though. Do you think Gavin knows who George Lopez is? But he feels like that third generation. He might... Do you think my neighbors know who George Lopez is? Absolutely. <laughs> my million old percent. neighbors. Yeah. Maybe he's not as famous as we as we think. No, he has to be. How famous is George Lopez? 
Google search. See what Google says. Doesn't really have an answer. Does They're he have social media? Pretty fucking famous. <laughs> George Lopez, Instagram. I don't even know if this is the right George Lopez. Um, I don't know who this is. No, it is. There's pictures of Blue Beetle. I think this is him. He just doesn't post any. P- is this a fan account? I'm so confused. <laughs> I just don't know if this is the actual George Lopez. If it is, he only has 1.4 million followers on Twitter, on Instagram. Okay. But again, don't know if that's the real George Lopez. Enjoyment, Ty. How much did you enjoy this film in Mr. Lopez? I enjoyed this film. Look, Victoria called me. I called Victoria after I left the theater. And she said, how was the movie? And I said, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. That was my answer. It's It doesn't stand out. I laughed. I wasn't bored. But I also wasn't blown away. And I'll be honest. We've had... I think this is in order here. No hard feelings. Had a pretty good time with it. Laughed. Good to see a movie like that. Yep. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. One of the best action movies of the year. Sure. Barbie. Lots of fun. Oppenheimer. Generational talent. Mm -hmm. Five tool player. Mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Still had a pretty fucking good time with. Funny. Very funny. Very enjoyable. Ray Filet. Don't forget. Fucking, I, I was on Post Malone TikTok somehow after that. <laughs> and there was a guy who was like, I don't know if you've seen him, but he does a TikTok. So like the workplace and like basically like being a lazy worker in a warehouse. No. And like his boss said, oh, you're, you're going to bring someone in. Like make sure they don't show up looking like Post Malone. And he just goes on a rant about how Post Malone is a saint and you need to respect him. <laughs> and I fucking died of laughter and I was so glad I ended up on Post Malone TikTok. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. This movie's very... Just bleh. I can't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say like, oh, no, that movie was shit. But I'm not going to recommend it to anybody. I feel like I'm very right down the center here. Where it's like, I didn't hate it. I wasn't bored. I wasn't thrilled by it. I wasn't blown away. I can't recommend it. I'm at a 10. Okay. I feel like it's just it's, it's just a movie. I don't love it. I mean, you know what? I'm at an 11. George Lopez really brought lots of laughs. <laughs> George Lopez gets it that one bump. I gave it a two bump. Um, the way I kind of view this movie, similar to Transformers, CGI fest, stories predictable, you know, this, that, or the other. And, like, at the end of the day, it's like you see a Transformers movie, and you're like, that was a Transformers movie. It was a movie, whatever. And I gave that an 11. Like, I didn't hate Transformers. I didn't love it. I give Transformers a 7 for enjoyment. <laughs> Blue Beetle feels similar in that regard for me, where it's just kind of like another superhero movie. I think the superhero genre is just naturally better than the Transformers genre, whatever genre that is, the okay. Michael Bay genre. But it's like <laughs> I've seen this a million times, and if it wasn't for the comedic and the heartfelt emotion of this, it would probably get pretty low. I, I would never say I hated it because I didn't, but it would be like, okay, like – Wash, rinse, repeat. Let's do another one. Um, and it would have gotten like an eight. But the emotion in this is decent. And the comedy, it is actually pretty funny with George Lopez leading the way. So I gave it a 12. I gave it one more than Transformers. I gave it one more than Renfield. Uh, same as Little Mermaid. Uh, one less than Mission Impossible, which I know you're going to say that's way too close. But we have different opinions. One less than John Wick. One less than Plane. One more than Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> Right where it needs to be. Okay. I, I just pretty middle of the road. 
there's enjoyable moments. Mm-hmm. What'd you end up giving it as your final score, Jay? My final score is high. Two points higher than Transformers. One point higher than Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So this is actually a better movie than Ant-Man and the Wasp. That is a 48 out of 100 tie. That's a really low score still. I know. I was shocked. Because I didn't walk away from the movie thinking like, I hated it. Like Riley said, what would you think? And I said, my exact words were, I will forget everything about this movie in six months. That's entirely fair. Like they're they're gonna try and push out a sequel, and I will not remember any of it. Watching the sequel, <laughs> yeah. it will be a fresh start. Yes, I just it's but like when you really dive into it, it's like yeah, right under a fifty fifty, smack dab in the middle from zero to hundred. Not sure if you knew that. It, <laughs> I did the math real quick. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> um, before before we did this you said you thought we were gonna have a 20 point difference did you think i liked this movie or did you think i was gonna put it in the bottom of the barrel i heard how much you were laughing (laughs) i thought we were getting like a 75 i really enjoyed jordan enjoyed george lopez Mm -hmm. but i mean it's george lopez of course you're gonna enjoy (laughs) george lopez like it's fucking great we only had a nine point difference i am higher than you i finished with a 57 out of 100 Putting this at a 52 and a half, making it the 156th movie out of 194 films we have reviewed. It is with the likes of Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Lost City, The Incredible Hulk, Freebirds, Cocaine Bear, The Flash, <laughs> a little bit lower than Fast X, a little bit higher than Quantumania. It's where it deserves to be. I think superhero bumps gone. Oh, big time. I before the pod I noted how I have uh, started a letterbox and I had to convert our 0 to 100 scale onto a star-based scale. Mhm. There's some superhero movies that I was like, am I really giving this this many this many stars mm-hmm. right now? It didn't feel right. Well, I feel like it should be I don't know what your system is. I feel like it should be structured like like the higher the stars is the smaller, like four stars should be. It's up to four, right? It's up to five. What? So who does a four star scale? I don't know. What the fuck is that? Like five stars should be like ninety five to a hundred. Like it's oh. got to be a perfect movie. And then four star or four and a half. Can you half stars? Yeah, you can. Four and a half. So ninety. It's a, it's a half star to a five star is the scale. Ninety to. 94, whatever that math check. Yeah, no, 96 to 105 stars. So if Nine, we, if something we, like that, but I think as you go down, like the numbers should increase, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it should be the closer you get to five stars, the shorter those margin, like the smaller, if that makes sense, if you get what I'm putting down. So I took more of the school approach with this. Okay. Um, whereas bottom of the barrel movies, whether you're a 45 or 12, mm-hmm. you're getting shit on. It's an F. I see. I agree with that. The that lower, entire thing. It's a bigger range the lower you are. And then I, I went off of that, and I was like, okay, that's how I do the bottom half. But starting at a half star, not being able to give zero stars, really fucked with me. And I, I sat down, and I pondered this for a while and how to best like switch it over. And then I, I referenced back to us, any movie that's above the line should be a five-star movie for us. I don't agree. I don't agree. Above the line is this is – were there things that could be better? Absolutely. See, I think it's like, yeah, you got to drop everything. You got to go see the movie. It's above the line. But I still think there's 
I still think there's levels above the line, Ty. I think there's Oppenheimer, and then there's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I know? think that they have a one-point difference on my scale. Not on my scale. You noted that you overrated Guardians. It has a four-point difference on yours. I think when you're that high, think about the percentage difference. There's only nine points allocated. It has a three-point difference on yours. I'm sorry. There's, okay, so Guardians got a 91. So is Oppenheimer the only movie that you would give a five-star? I'd have to look at our sheet. I would give Infinity War. You messed it up, and I thought I, I, I gave I flipped it back. I, brought, I filtered it by your scores only. Mm. I think the line's 93. <laughs> I think the line is 93. Okay. I think 93 to 100 is five. So you have six five-star movies, and that's it. And then I think like 92 to 85 is four and a half. Like still very good, iconic, but not five. And then 84 to whatever, and then you go from there. That's just how I would do it, but you made the account, so. I struggled with this for a long time, and I didn't know how to do it. And I, I Literally, I went down. I said, if it's above the line, it's a five-star movie. Is there levels to five-star movies? Yes. Is that too hard to figure out right now? Yes. <laughs> zero to three is a half star. Is 31, or zero to 30, 31 to 50 is a one star. That's my F tier. And then I just go by fives for every half point until we get to 86 or above, and that's five-star. For the confused audience, above the line is 85 or above. That's any movie that you have to see, drop everything, go see. Within the lines, 65 to 84 and a half. That is something we give a fresh score to. Obviously, we give a fresh to above the line as well. Below the line, 40 to 64 and a half, which is what this movie falls into. We would give a rotten. Maybe there's some good points. Maybe, you know, maybe it's right on the tier of being fresh, you know, teetering on being fresh. It's not quite there. And then zero to thirty nine and a half, we draw the line. Don't see that movie. Avoid, yeah, at all costs. At all costs. Well, do you have to avoid Blue Beetle at all costs? No. Do we recommend it? Also, Maybe no. not. Random AI generated synopsis tie. Your father gave us a recommendation. He did. He was on a cross country trip, and he stopped by the lake of Lake McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> So we did Matthew McConaughey. Now, there's not a single all right, all right, all right in this. Is ChatGPT no. slipping? They I did, don't know what they're doing then. I did like three different movies, and there was no all right, all right, all rights. So I think I just... What is that from? Like, he has to have said that in a movie for that to start being a thing, right? That isn't just like a him existing in real life, he says that? It's not the Owen Wilson what? No. I mean, I think now he's played or into why? it. What does Owen Wilson the... say? Wow. Wow, that's what it is. Wow. Dazed and confused was his first time saying it. Got it. That so, yeah, that feels right. I don't know. Do I do an all right, all right at the beginning, at the end, both? I think you as as your Matthew McConaughey impression, you'll know when to throw an all right, all right, all right in there. Oh, that's hard. Rip one off the start, and then if you feel it during the middle. <clears throat> Maybe you know. I think I have to rip it off the start just to get into the voice. Yeah, no, which for is sure. inevitably going to be horrible. It will. I think you do have a better shot at this one than than most others. How does he normally talk like this? Okay, he's Forrest Gump now. <laughs> <laughs> you turn Matthew McConaughey into Forrest Gump. But if you told me to do a Forrest Gump, life is like a box. <laughs> you did. Uh, it's the fucking scary dude with the fucking mask, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> He's like, his voice is raspy. It's like a low, like a, uh, uh, it's like a kind of a stoner, but. 
All right, all right, all right. I need you to I need you to stop for a minute. I need to envision that you left home. You come back home. Your son's Casey Affleck. You're heartbroken by that because of the time difference in Interstellar. <laughs> and go. <laughs> your son went from Timothy Chalamet to Casey Affleck. <laughs> and go. Oh, fuck. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, you see, movie name is a wild ride, man. It's all about this group of groovy friends, redacted. They stumble upon this ghost town, real eerie-like, with mysteries lurking around every corner. All right. They got to solve <laughs> this. It says one all right. <laughs> Please, I'm in character. They got to solve this big old mystery, man, because <laughs> there's all these spooky apparitions. These <laughs> Apparition. You know, McConaughey probably can't say that word. Apparitions. And it's messing with people's heads. McConaughey is like a- But here's the kicker. It's all smoke and mirrors. All right, all right, all right. You know? <laughs> There's always someone behind the curtain pulling the strings. And they got to unmask this masked villain, man. And when they do, let's just say it's never who you would expect. Along the way, <laughs> there's some real trippy encounters. A whole bunch of redacted. It's a wild journey, brother. A real blast from the past. So if you're looking for some mystery, some laughs, and a good time, hop in that redacted, and let's ride, man. Mm. All mm-hmm. right. All right. All right. right. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey has a bachelor's degree. He's a college graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and just because I couldn't say app- app- spooky, I don't know how to say this word. <laughs> and then I just said he couldn't either. Yeah. You shit on him. He graduated from the University of Texas. Wait. App. App. No, app- that's right. Yeah, long app- Apparition. Apparition? Apparition. Apparition. Oh, my God. Sorry to listen. I was right in my fucking ears. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Apparition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can you repeat the last line? You redacted something. It's a wild journey, brother. A real blast from the past. Sorry, that's, that's actually an extra sentence. So if you're looking for some mystery, you some improv laughs, the blast from the past. No, 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 oh. and a good. <laughs> I don't improvise, and some and a good time. Hop in that redacted mystery van, Scooby Doo. It's Scooby Doo time. Fuck yeah! It was a mystery van, mystery machine, not oh, mystery van. Is that the name of it? Yeah, it's the mystery machine. That makes more sense. It's a. I've seen a mystery machine machine in person. Um, yeah, you, I just I thought of this movie because I do dream castings. It's a mystery machine. Tell me that Matthew McConaughey isn't like the perfect A list dream casting for fucking Shaggy. For Shaggy, no, he's way too clean looking. Shaggy looks well, needs you, to look yeah, dirty. Yeah, you you make him dirty. No, you don't think he'd be a good Shaggy? No, he's way too. All right, all I would right, never believe Scooby. it. He would look like an actor trying to play a dirty stoner. <laughs> He would never look like a real dirty stoner, despite the fact that he probably is a dirty stoner. <laughs> but he just doesn't give off that All right. appearance. Well, That's the first mind. time I think you've given me a dream casting that I haven't agreed with. I just feel like he played good Shaggy. I just feel like you don't know who McConaughey really is. All right, Scoob. No, I haven't What's seen. that? I haven't. Let's just move on. I haven't seen. <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't seen very many Matthew McConaughey movies. Interstellar. <laughs> Wonderful. He has like a two second role in Wolf of Wall Street. Starts up. 
Fuck yeah. That thing. I think I've seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I don't know why I've seen that. Matthew McConaughey, low-key another guy where you would think maybe he has a little bit more than he does. I don't know. He's a big rom-com guy, and then he switched over. He's also in Tropic Thunder. Okay. Very fun. Very fun side role in Tropic Thunder. Name me an actor. Any actor you can think of. Denzel Washington. In Tropic Thunder. No way. No. But imagine. There's a lot of people in that movie. You need to watch it. Ensemble cast. You love those. I fucking do. I really do. What are we reviewing next week, Ty? Next week, we are reviewing... Um, look, it came out this week. We pushed it back so we could review this stupid fucking superhero movie. Yeah, that was your call, by the way, also, to do Blue Beetle first. It did go number one at the box office. We're supposed to if review we the went, biggest movie at the time. If we would have saw, saw this movie, it would have been flipped. We were the difference. Go show me the box office difference. <laughs> if it's like $25, you're right. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> We're going to review Strays, the Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart. Did I fuck no, that up? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart are starred in other movies. Get Hard. Uh, Great film. Not bad. And look, man, it's it's a dog movie, but it's an adult dog movie. Rated R. My dad's most excited movie of maybe his Past life. Past decade? Yeah. Easily. My dad is so excited for this film, Ty. You were there, right? Uh, I, I don't know I why don't know. we were playing. <laughs> we were playing the game, and the thing was to name a Steven Spielberg film. And yeah. mm-hmm. your father mm-hmm. said Star Wars instead of Jurassic Park, even though he dogs me for shitting on Jurassic World on this mm-hmm. pod. Mm-hmm. He deserved to get called out on the pod for that. He was a few drinks in. I don't care how many drinks he is. You heard in. his. You heard his dog bark. <laughs> you, you know the mindset that man was in at that point in time. <laughs> Wasn't great, but the fact that he gives me shit nonstop outside of this pod for shitting on Jurassic World. And then names a George Lucas film for a Steven Spielberg film and doesn't even mention Jurassic Park. Not even the right George Lucas movie. Because nope. you could have named a George Lucas film and haven't been Spielberg. Yeah. But no, it's the one that they didn't work on together. Can you imagine if Spielberg was also a part of Star Wars? It'd probably be a lot better than it is, let me tell you that much. Okay, Jay, let's calm down. <laughs> let's just chill it a little bit there. How about this? My next road trip, I'll watch all the Star Wars movies. You don't got to do all that. I'll make that commit. I watched just the first six. nine Harry Potters. Oh, I'm not. I've already seen seven and nine. I don't need to see those. First six, I said. You you said seven and nine. No, I know. I, that's what I meant by all the Star oh, Wars okay. movies. The 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 original my Star Wars, our Star Wars. We don't recognize the other Star Wars. That's not real Star Wars. Seven eight nine. Yeah, yeah. Last Jedi heard is pretty good. Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who told you that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited for Strays, Ty. It's going to be a good, fun laugh. Should um, be a blast. Go watch. Go watch an R-rated comedy about dogs. Yeah. Why not? It's going to be good. Tom Cruise saved the box office. Go enjoy this because of him. <laughs> you can thank Tom Cruise for this. <laughs> In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.